5: Let's have some fun on what is a great night, but also a terrible night, but a great night, but terrible. Andrew Cuomo's gone. Let's just, before we dig into the rest of the show, let's dig into the Cuomo thing. And obviously this is not a great day for me personally. I'll explain why in a moment.
1: Here's what Cuomo had to say. My resignation will be effective in 14 days. I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. And therefore, that's what I'll do.
5: Okay, Andrew Cuomo in two weeks is gone. I know what you're saying right now. But Jesse, you told me he wasn't going to resign. Why do you have to bring up old stuff? That was like yesterday. Why don't we wait we don't have to bring that up again? <laughs> Let's just get out in front of this right now. I didn't think there was any way he was going to resign. I thought there was no chance. And I'm the person who very humbly nicknamed himself the Oracle. So I did not what, Chris? I, I didn't think there was a chance I would be wrong. When have I ever been wrong? Never before. Not that I can think of. <laughs> but I was most definitely wrong here. Andrew Cuomo is gone. In two weeks, he's gone, but let's just assume he's gone because he's gone. He's resigning. Now, this is a move that has been celebrated today, almost universally celebrated, at least on the right today. And honestly, most of the left celebrated. Uh, I'm going to tell you to pause on that for a moment. Just pause on that for a moment. Let's play just a couple more things from Cuomo. Remember, this man didn't admit he did wrong and then resign. He had this to say.
1: I thought a hug and putting my arm around a staff person while taking a picture was friendly, but she found it to be too forward. I kissed a woman on the cheek at a wedding and I thought I was being nice, but she felt that it was too aggressive. Now, I don't recall doing it, but if she said I did it, I believe her. In my mind, I've never crossed the line with anyone. But I didn't realize the extent to which the line has been redrawn.
5: (laughs) The lines have been redrawn. You know, I grew up in a world where you could smack your secretary on the rear end whenever you wanted. What are these new lines? <laughs> when did they change the rules? I don't know. It's not right, though. So Cuomo, with an interesting, interesting defense of himself, but again, takes the time to step
1: up and remind you
5: oh, there's no real evidence here.
1: The most serious allegations made against me had no credible factual basis in the report. The report said I sexually harassed 11 women. That was the headline people heard and saw and reacted to. The reaction was outrage. It should have been. However, it was also false.
5: It's false. All right, now you heard from Cuomo. It's time you hear from me. Because what you've heard all day long is people, especially people on the right, and not, I'm not saying they're wrong. You've heard people on the right all day long. This is great. It's a great day. Cuomo's going down. He deserves it. Now, let us you and I approach this like the adults we are. Andrew Cuomo likely harassed these women. Can, can we at least go with likely? There's a lot of women. And that's 11? It's not like it's one. It's not it's one disgruntled employee. Hey, he blew kisses at me. I mean, this is a lot of women and he's rubbing them, and it's just, ugh. So let's just assume this happened to at least some of them for those women and for any woman who's ever had to go through something like that. Raise a glass tonight. Enjoy yourself. It's, it's When a bad guy gets what's coming to him, you can celebrate. You, of course you can celebrate. Good. Now let's, let's set that part of it aside. The death. Remember, that's the big issue, right? I mean, no, you don't want to be Mr. Grabby Fingers with your secretary. That kind of pales in comparison to murdering 15,000 New Yorkers. Andrew Cuomo is directly responsible for the death of over 15,000 New Yorkers. He said, you, Mr. Coronavirus patient, oh, it's too bad about that fever and cough. Hey, I have a nursing home. You can go stay there oh, wow, that's where all the vulnerable people are? I can't believe they're all dying now. Andrew Cuomo did that. And not only did he do that, he covered it up. He's deleting documents. And then after he deleted the documents, Joe Biden's DOJ decided they weren't going to pursue charges. So let's just talk about those people for a moment too. 15,000 is a lot. That's a lot of moms. That's a lot of grandmas. That's a lot of grandpas, law dads, brothers, sisters. Those 15,000 people have conservatively, and this is being honestly, this is being real conservative 50,000 people who are still alive, who were relatives to them, who were close to them. That's probably being conservative. If you're one of those people, if you're one of those relatives, and Andrew Cuomo killed your mom, obviously you're celebrating. You're taking a massive, massive victory lap today, as you should, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. Good for you. Go home, pour yourself a glass, and raise it up and say, thank you, Lord, this scumbag is gone. Good. You get sw- Now, look, it's not justice. Let's be honest about something. Let's not pretend as if it's justice. Justice would be Andrew Cuomo going to jail. Andrew Cuomo should go to jail for what he did. Not going to, because that's the world we live in, but that would be justice. But this is at least something. It's at least some small measure of justice. So if you're that person or one of those relatives, good, celebrate. Now to the other people celebrating, you and I, it's time for you and I to have a talk. Slow down on the celebration just yet. And this is what I mean by that. Andrew Cuomo's a scumbag. I mean, Without the harassment, without murdering seniors, before he did any of that stuff, Andrew Cuomo's a scumbag, has been a lifelong scumbag. And as you know, I I know a bunch of New Yorkers. I've lived everywhere, and now that I do what I do, I just know a ton of people who have all that inside baseball knowledge of politics. Andrew Cuomo's a bad human being. A bad human being who treats everyone around him like garbage. And I mean everybody. That's who he is. I don't know whether that's a family thing. I, I don't know. But he is a man who will threaten total strangers. He's famous for this. I've told you stories about it before. He's famous for it. Oh, you won't give me this? You know I can hurt you, right? I'll, I'll, I'll own this bank by tomorrow. You know I can make trouble for you. You know I can end your career. It's like his go-to technique. Andrew Cuomo's a bad person. You can, if you're somebody on the right, celebrate the downfall of a bad person. We want the bad guys to get some measure of justice. I mean, and you hardly ever get that when you're on the right. So I understand all the celebration today. I mean, you thought maybe Hillary Clinton should be going down for deleting 30,000 emails under subpoena. And she didn't. You thought maybe Obama Maybe James Comey, maybe somebody should go down for the Federal Bureau of Investigation knowingly using bunk information to violate the civil rights of an American, several Americans. And you didn't get any justice there. So you, as a person on the right, you are hungry for justice. You don't feel like you get any in this system. You feel like this system has picked sides against you. There are two different justice systems and you, you get the short end of that stick when it comes to that. And that's totally understandable, totally understandable. And I'll be honest, I'm right there with you. But remember, we always have to be the adults in the room and we always have to have the adult conversations. Are you sure you should be happy about Cuomo going down? I say you shouldn't. I'll tell you why. Just a sec. Hang on. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to the Jesse Kelly show. It is the Jesse Kelly show on a Tuesday, a Tuesday where everyone's celebrating and that's fine. I'm not here to pour cold water on anyone's celebration. Or is it hot water? Is it hot? What's the phrase, Chris? Is it cool water? Cool water like a hangover? I'm glad you brought that up, Chris. You inadvertently, for the first time ever, actually, that I can remember, actually contributed something to the show. Of course, it was accidental, and this is what I mean. Have you ever, at any point in your life, drank some alcohol on an empty stomach?
1: Ever done that before? I would not
5: recommend it uh, at all, at all. Would not recommend it. But if you have, this is what you know about having having a couple whiskeys on an empty stomach. Man. Feels pretty stinking good when they're going down, right? Oh, well, I feel I feel warm all over. I I think I'll call my mom. I haven't talked to her in ages. Wow, that that three across the bar looks like a nine now. Feels good, right? How does it feel the next day? A little different. A little different when you wake up and think about sawing your own head off because you're so miserable. That's what you're going to find with Andrew Cuomo. Again, I, it brings me no pleasure to bring this news to you, but Andrew Cuomo's going down, but he did go down. By communists. This was a political palace coup put on by Letitia James. You don't know Letitia James yet. I promise you, within a few years, you will. Why? She's about to be the big cheese of one of, if not the most important states in the United States of America. She's a radical cultural Marxist. She makes Andrew Cuomo look like Barry Goldwater. She managed to slip enough communist knives into his ribs to take him down. You're happy because a bad guy got what's coming to him. What you should be doing is focusing on the national implications of what is happening with the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party, you think it's bad today. You look around you, and understandably, you're horrified by what you see horrified and i am too you can't you can't watch a football game without seeing somebody crap on america you can't take your kids to the newest cartoon without the newest transgender lesbian thing. You, you can't you can't do anything in this society if you have normal value, values like you do without being mortified at what you see you look around and you think man we're in trouble wait I'm about to make it worse. You understand in 10 years, you're going to long for the days of Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Andrew Cuomo. Don't throw things at the radio. Don't cuss at me. I mean, you're welcome to cuss at me. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's more than welcome on the show. You can vent to me. But you do understand the older Democrats, the old ones, they're the last thing stopping these complete Maoist nut jobs from taking over the Democratic Party. You get that, right? You understand we go down from here. This gets worse from here. You probably in recent days, this, this applies to Cuomo, probably in recent days, you've seen things about the Congresswoman Corey Bush. That radical nut job who slept on the Congress stairs. She's still out there calling to defund the police. And you're saying things to yourself like, oh man, good thing that nut job didn't get what she wanted. Look at all the people who've been murdered in these streets because of defund the police. She's so crazy. You know how old Nancy Pelosi is? You want to know? Nancy Pelosi is 81 years old. You know how old Cori Bush is? Corey Bush is 45. Nancy Pelosi is going to be farting dust, and Cori Bush is still going to be in the United States Congress. Oh, and maybe you haven't heard, the longer you're in United States Congress, the more you get promoted, the more you go up in rank, the more power you have. Meaning 10, 15 years from now, Cory Bush isn't some low-life loser sleeping on the Capitol steps, pushing to defund the police. Cori Bush heads committees important ones, controls dollars, makes policy when Nancy Pelosi is dead and gone. Do you know, and I'm I'm not trying to be mean, I'm trying to wake you up. Do you know Donald Trump would have been impeached in his first week or two in office if not for Nancy Pelosi? Didn't know that, did you? You didn't know that because all this stuff went on behind the scenes. No, I'm not. I'm not pro Nancy Pelosi. Obviously, I detest her as much as you do. The radical nut jobs wanted her to push for impeachment of Donald Trump day one. Nancy Pelosi, thinking it would be political poison to do so, held them off as long as she could. Eventually. Gave in and didn't want to give in when they did impeach him the first time. She fought tooth and nail against it. And finally, she simply, the the weight against her was too much. She would have potentially lost her speakership if she didn't impeach the president. You're happy about Andrew tentacle fingers Cuomo going down. Fine. Be mad about it. Or, Or be happy about it. Good. Be happy Cuomo goes down. But you must understand the long game is dark now for New York. The communists, the radical communist wing of the Democratic Party, they are young and radical and they are hungry and they are slowly taking over. In New York and America, they are slowly taking over every strong point in the Democratic Party. They are now going to be in control of the machine for the foreseeable future as the older dinosaurs die off. Joe Biden... You freaked out recently because Joe Biden, president of the United States of America, and I freaked out too, stepped up to the microphone with this eviction moratorium. And it really is its is, its is one of the most amazing things I've ever heard out of the president's mouth. A president steps up to the microphone and basically said, well, we're going to do this. I mean, I know it's not really lawful. I know there's virtually no chance the courts are going to hold this up, but we're just going to do it anyway. And here's the thing. We're going to bank on getting away with it by the time the courts even get to it. Isn't that so cool? That is an amazing thing for the president of the United States of America to say. You know why Joe Biden did that? Because AOC and Cori Bush behind the scenes used their radical caucus to put heavy pressure on the Biden presidency to push an eviction moratorium. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what's happening in front of your face? You're happy about tentacle fingers going down. You shouldn't be. Because what comes next, what comes after tentacle fingers is something so much worse. I'm not done. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Tuesday. It's gosh, it's going to be such a fun show tonight. Before I forget, if you missed any part of last night's show, including the part where I handed out the greatest burger recipe of all time, don't shake your head, Chris. You can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Before I forget, I just wanted to put out another PSA. Chris, would you do me a favor? Look up and see if handing out that burger recipe and telling people how to make it, would you do me a favor and check and see if I can count that as a charitable donation on my what, Chris? What? I just want to make sure I want I want it's my way of giving back. Back to Cuomo. One final thing on this Cuomo thing. Well, maybe I'll have a couple more things on it. We have a bunch of stuff to talk about on the show, but one final thing. There's a lesson from all this Cuomo stuff that you and I should take from this. One you really need to hear me on because, as you know, I've lived everywhere. I've had about a thousand different careers. I've worked construction. I've sold RVs. I watched golf clubs. I was a Marine. I've run for office. I've been around. This is a lesson, especially for you young people, but you're never, never, ever too old to start applying this in life. Treat people well. No, I'm not telling you that because I'm a good person and I want you to be a good person. I'm sure you already are. Although, I mean, that is a good reason to do it, right? It's morally the right thing to do, but let's set that aside. You and I will focus on practical matters for a moment. I have seen men and women run into problems all the time. Why? Because they're human. You're going to run into problems. You're going to have big problems that will hit you. That's part of life. You don't want to, but that's part of living. You're going to go bankrupt. You're going to lose your job. Your wife's going to leave. Your husband's going to leave. Your girlfriend's going to run out on you. You're going to not be able to make the payments on your car. Your, your, your business is going to close. They're, 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 life throws you curveballs, right? When you get a curveball and when you're down, when you start teetering and you're down, people will either race to lift you up or people will dogpile you and try to stomp you into the center of the earth. And you know what determines how you're treated when those problems do come and they will come how you treat people, how you treat everyone, everybody you meet. Andrew Cuomo is widely known, widely known as being a jerk to everybody he met. He's a jerk to the waitress. He's a jerk to the secretary. He's a jerk to the fellow uh, state politician. He's a jerk to the flight attendant. He's a jerk to the hotel staff. He's a jerk to friends. He's a jerk to family. He's known to be a jerk. Do you know why he eventually went down? Because Andrew Cuomo hit a bit of controversy. Well, yeah, 11 women accused him of sexual harassment. How many people, how many people did you see racing to the microphone saying, Andrew Cuomo, I don't know whether or not he harassed those women, but Andrew Cuomo... He reached out to me when he found out I had cancer, and he is the nicest person in the world. Andrew Cuomo, I waited tables on Andrew Cuomo one time. He gave me a $100 tip when I didn't deserve it. I thought he was a really nice guy. How many people did you see run into the microphone to say things like that? Zero. You saw a thousand people watch Andrew Cuomo get out of balance and run up and push him over cuz they finally had their chance to but and i've seen this a million times in my life too but there are people who choose to treat everybody with respect everybody well whether it's a kid in school maybe you're a school maybe you're in school i have a bunch of kids who listen to this show maybe there's a kid in school who smells doesn't shower maybe there's a kid in your school who has a weird personality, doesn't fit in, it's totally off. Maybe there's a kid in school who's obnoxious. And maybe you, maybe you and all your friends, maybe you could, without consequence in your mind, treat that kid like crap. You could make fun of him, freeze him out of your games, make him feel terrible. And it applies to all of us. How do you treat the waitress? How do you treat the new guy at the office? I mean, you're moving up, right? You'll be senior management one day. He's a new guy, kind of an idiot. How do you treat him? How do you treat everybody you meet? How do you treat the guy you ordered your hot dog from for lunch today? How'd you treat your guy who showed up to help you plant a tree? How'd you treat your realtor? How do you treat your boss? How do you treat your employees? How do you treat people? Because I'll tell you something. I've seen the other half of what Cuomo's going through. I've seen people hit that inevitable snag in their life. That inevitable pothole that is coming. I'm not trying to bring you down. Look, that's just the way it goes. It's coming. When they hit that pothole, instead of everybody racing to push them over and pile on them, you see a whole bunch of people that turn into a social safety net for them. Oh, man. Bob. Bob. Bob went bankrupt? Oh, man, you know what, Bob? Gosh, I only dealt with him the one time we worked together on a little deal. He could not have been kinder and more straightforward. You know, that sucks. He's bankrupt. My brother runs a company that does what Bob does. I bet you you he might have an opening right now. Oh, Tina's getting divorced. Her husband ran out on her. Oh, man, that is awful. I hate seeing that. You know, she has always been so kind to me. I remember when my mother died, Tina brought me flowers. You know, I think I'll call her right now. See what she needs. Maybe she needs a home-cooked meal. Hey, my brother's single too. He looks good. Maybe she needs a rebound. I'm not trying to be tongue-in-cheek. And I'm actually not trying to hand out moral lessons. And there's nobody less qualified to hand out moral lessons. Although you should do this for moral reasons too. Treat people. Every person, every single one of them, everybody you meet with respect and dignity, be nice to other people. So when that snag hits, when that pothole comes, you won't, you won't have people pushing you over. You'll have a sea of people lifting you up. And you can say to me things like, "What, well, Jesse, What? the waitress, uh, well, how's a waitress ever going to help me out? Brother, you don't know. Stranger things have happened in this world. Stranger things have happened in this world. There are plenty stories out there about the middle management guy treating the um, the new mail clerk like dirt cause he's some loser mail clerk. That kid still has pimples. Ha <laughs> ha! What an idiot! I think I'll go make fun of him. Turns out that mail clerk is pretty sharp and ambitious. Uh-oh. He's the boss now. Ten years later, you're coming in for your yearly review. Do you think he's going to forget? I've got news for you. He's not going to forget. And I've seen this play out in every industry I've ever worked in. I've seen it play out in the ditch. I've seen it play out in construction. I've seen it play out in the Marines. I see it play out in what I do now all the time. All these pundits, I see them all. Radio and TV, even ones you like, treating everyone around them like crap because they can. You know, you're the big talent. You're the celebrity now. And I've seen it burn people time and time and time again. If you and I can take one practical lesson from watching Andrew Cuomo today, you see all those people piling on him? That comes from a lifetime. He's in his 60s. That's a lifetime of treating everybody like crap. Let's you and I resolve to not be that guy. To not ever do that. Let's remember who we are, huh? All right. Now, there's a practical step you and I need to take to help save the country. I'll tell you what that is in just a moment. But first and foremost, here's a little story for you. It's a true story. Man, wife, out to dinner, like you've done a thousand times, driving home in the dark, get stopped at a red light. Get surrounded by an angry mob, which seems to be just something people are doing more and more these days, which is really scary. They manage to get the door open, which is not good, and start dragging him and beating him out of the car. Uh, Imagine what the wife is going through in that moment. She might be over, too. He manages to get his hands on this Hero 2020 Twenty non-lethal weapon. Pop! Pop! Shoots his attacker twice in the chest. This pepper irritant, this chemical, oh, it is the most brutal thing in the world. All the attackers run off back in his car, home that night, sleeping safe and sound next to his bride. Or he could have been dead. That's the difference Hero 2020 makes. Go get one. Hero2020.com. Use the coupon code Kelly. Again, that's Hero2020.com. Use the coupon code Kelly. I own one of these things. State law restrictions may apply. He wrote 2020 coupon code Kelly. Is he smarter than everyone?
1: Who knows? Does he think so?
2: Yeah. The Jesse Kelly show.
5: It is the Jesse Kelly show. Those are my thoughts on Cuomo play. Play it again in case you missed it. This is Cuomo from today. In case you've been hiding under a rock, Cuomo resigned, had this to say.
1: My resignation will be effective in 14 days. I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. And therefore, that's what I'll do. Okay, I told you my thoughts on it, I admitted. <sighs> I admitted
5: I was wrong. I, I want everyone to acknowledge. I would like, you know what? I just decided something. I'm actually a great person, Chris. Listen to this. How many people are awesome enough to admit when they got something I was something wrong? What, Chris? That was me though. So Jesse at com. I would like to show up tomorrow to a stack of emails saying, Jesse, you're such a big person. I can't believe how right you are all the time, except for this one time, but then you admitted it. So you're even better now. Like that's what the kind of thing I want. <laughs> all right. Let's set that aside for a moment. I promised you an action item, something you and I have to do. There is something you and I have to do because of this leftward pull of the democratic party. Remember, remember, You're not going to like the next governor of New York. You're not going to like what comes after Nancy Pelosi. You're not going to like what comes after Joe Biden. Hear me out. And this is going to be hard. This is going to be frustrating, but it is something you and I must do. I have to do it too. Okay, so look, I want you to understand I'm participating. Hear me out. You have, without question, you have an older relative or friend who votes Democrat. You do. They vote Democrat not because they're one of these cultural Marxist nut jobs, not because they want to defund the police, not because of any they believe in all this trans insanity or 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 white people are evil or, or any of that. Not because of that. They vote Democrat because they always have. Maybe we're talking about your parents. Might be talking about grandparents, aunts, uncles, old neighbor friend of yours. Whoever it may be, they vote Democrat. Not because they're evil. Not because they're bad people. Because that's what they've always done. Let's establish that right here. You and I have to do something, though. We must inform them what they're voting for now every time they walk in the voting booth and vote straight-ticket Democrat. Remember, don't be mad at them. Don't be mad at them for a couple different reasons. They grew up in an era where that was thought of as the working man's party. and I may not agree with that, but the the Democrats back in the day at least loved America. Remember that. They grew up in an era where you or I might have voted Democrat on occasion when the Republicans put up some various scumbag. Remember that. Give them some grace. And you have to give them some grace for another reason. You. You listen to talk radio. You seek out information like that. I am not saying what I'm about to say to try to kiss up to you. I'm saying this because we have all the poll numbers. They're always polling everything and testing everything and audience testing this and testing that. We have all the numbers. People who listen to talk radio are by a mile the most informed people in the United States of America about the issues of the nation. They are. You are. Now, that's not for you to feel prideful, although you can feel a little pride for it. That's so you understand. When you walk in and sit down with Grandpa, you know vast sums more about the issues of the day than he knows. No, you're not wiser. He probably is. But you just know a lot more about politics now. This crazy Democrat and this crazy policy and this crazy thing, you know all about those. You and I talk about that for three hours every night. He's not listening to my show. He has no idea. You do. So I want you to do something, and I have to do this too. It's time for you and I to start working on these people. And I, when I say working on this, I cannot stress this enough. Do not ruin the relationship with your mother, your father, grandpa, uncle, whoever the case may be, over politics. Don't do it. But you and I must start working on these people, the people who are walking into the voting booth and voting straight-ticket Democrat every time because, well, that's what Grandpa always did. They're destroying the United States of America, and they have no idea, and they wouldn't be doing it if they knew that's what they were doing. Joe Biden doesn't sniff the Oval Office if the older Democrat generation really knew what they were voting for. If they really knew the absolute madness Joe Biden would never be President of the United States. It's the person who walks in Herb, uh, uh, who are we? Are we still voting for JFK? That's the person who's killing us. So you and I We got to start working on that person. And that's not easy. And I don't want you to name call. Make me a promise. I don't want you to name call. I don't want you to getting shouting matches. If it starts getting heated, let it go. Go talk about football or something like that. But it's time for us to start working on these people. Because this radical leftward shift of the National Democratic Party, it's going to bring down the country. And it will because not only is the Democratic Party going to get completely more radical and violent because these these early Marxists, these young Marxists are violent people. That's going to result in a more radical and violent Republican Party, more radical and violent right. And so you're going to get happen gear. What happened in places like uh, Spain back in the early 1900s. Where the far right will take over and it gets violent. Then the far left takes over and they get more left and more violent. Then the far right takes over and they get more right and more violent. And soon we're killing each other. If we don't stop this, if we don't stop this trajectory of the the Democratic Party, of the nation itself, we're in for some rocky days. One of the ways, one of the many ways you and I can stop that is we have to start working on these people. We have to start working on them. And because they trust you, because they know you, they may be more understanding than you think. It may take you a while. may take you working on them a hundred times. But it's worth the effort, is it not? All right, we still have a bunch of wild stuff to talk about. Hang on.
2: Hi, retro fans. Are we going with that? I
3: think we are. Okay. Hi. It's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett
4: and Susie Van Akerum
3: here to share that there's more in retrospect coming. Susie and I have put together a whole new collection of episodes about the pop culture moments we all love and love to pick
4: apart. We'll dive into the nuance behind real life controversies like the dramatic dethroning of the first black Miss America.
3: We'll also explore the real-world impacts of the fictional characters we all grew up on,
4: from four Kaftan-loving Golden Girls to one wildly demanding boss and even a cringeworthy group of teenage virgins and one hot mom.
3: There are many more topics, moments, people, and things that shaped us and the way we think.
4: We've got all that and a whole lot more on the new season of In Retrospect.
3: Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
2: How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of the Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him.
5: It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a dark, dark and stormy day, a day where I had to admit I was wrong. Look, this is a dark day really for America. (laughs) I didn't think there was any way the guy would go down. I didn't think there was any way Andrew Cuomo would go down. Don't forget we have Chad Robichaux. Coming up about, oh, 30 minutes from now, bad, bad man. And he's like the nicest human being on the planet. Marine Force Recon, UFC champion. He now does all kinds of born-again Christian work, especially with our veterans struggling with PTSD. He's like the best dude in the world. Chad Robichaud is a saint, even if he's really short. What, Chris? We're going to ask him about that today. We have to ask him the tough questions. <laughs> and he's mad about Afghanistan, so we'll talk about that. Now look this is this is this is Cuomo from today,
1: in case you missed it, in case you've been living under a rock, Cuomo resigned, and this is what he said. My resignation will be effective in fourteen days. I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing oh he's just.
5: Again, like I said at the beginning of the show, and if you missed any part of it, you can go to iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. The whole show's podcasted after the show. Like I said, it's great when a bad guy gets what's coming to him, right? You're allowed to feel good about today. It's a good thing. Cuomo, going down, scumbag. And I mean, not just, the, not just the grabby fingers scumbag thing, but all the dead people. There's a lot of dead New Yorkers because of Cuomo. That's a good thing. So it's him going down is a good thing. I'll just, again, stress this to you. There are short-term wins that turn into long-term losses, like dating a redhead. It's the same thing. What, Chris? It's fine. It's just there are short-term wins that turn into long-term losses. Yeah, you want Cuomo gone. You're not going to like what comes next. You're not going to like what comes next. That's all I'm going to say. All right, let me get to a couple emails before I get back to the news here of the day. Jesse, I discovered your show when you took over Buck's old time slot, and I love that you don't tolerate small talk and awkward greetings that callers tried to engage in. (laughs) It's long been one of my biggest pet peeves in talk radio. Just get to the bleeping point. Now that I've gotten the small talk out of the way, here's my point. Congress needs major reform. One. Term limits. Two, no profiting while in office. Three, single issue bills. Term limits speak for itself, but it won't happen. So on and so forth. Okay, you know what? The reason I chose to read this email on the air is because I have strong feelings about this. And (sighs) you're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. I would venture to guess... Uh, 95% of my audience is about to disagree with what I'm about to say. And so therefore, you know, you're never supposed to do that in radio or TV. Don't take the opposite opinion of your audience. I disagree about term limits. And I disagree for a couple very specific reasons. You, you look at these longtime scumbags who've been in office for ages and you say to yourself, why aren't they Why are they allowed to be there that long? Why are they allowed to be there that long? I want them out of office. They should be out of office now. They've been there too long. They're corrupt. This is gross. Get rid of these guys. That's what you say. And I don't disagree. But you need to understand a couple things, a couple very important things. One. Back in Washington D.C. In Washington D.C., I've been as you know, I've been there a million times. The congressmen have power. Okay, they do. The congressmen and senators, they have power. However, the chiefs of staff, the head staffers who've been there for ages, they have as much or more power as the congressmen and senators do. They know all the players. They know all the lobbyists. They know the game. And frankly, like if you're some fresh faced congressman, let's say you're running for Congress. I know we have a bunch of listeners who are and you're and you're going and whatnot, that's good. That's awesome. Good for you. But you when you get back there, you're actually gonna want to seek out one of those chiefs of staff because you don't know what you're doing. Well, they all know what they're doing. But they've all played the game. The ugly, ugly game of the favors and the lobbyists and the and the dirty game you hate. Even if you're going to take individual Joe Schmo jerk congressman and say, you've been there for six years, get out. That'll make you feel good. One, his chief of staff is just as, if not more scummy than he is. Two, let's play out your scenario in Nancy Pelosi's district. Nancy Pelosi, I mean, I don't exactly have to get you fired up to hate Nancy Pelosi. Everyone knows who she is, and everybody hates her guts. What do you think would actually happen if Nancy Pelosi left office? Do you honestly believe you're about to have Barry Goldwater II come rolling into office as as the representative of that area of San Francisco? You're simply going to get... The next corrupt scumbag who worked his way up through the democratic system, planting there, planting himself in office. That's what you're going to get. It's a never ending cycle, a never ending cycle of scum that you can't break with more laws. On top of the fact, just like we talked about at the beginning of the show with Cuomo and all that, remember this. You're tired of the old people who've been there for a long time. And so am I. I hate them too. You understand if you start term limiting these older Democrats, you know, the young ones are insane, right? Full blown mouse. Do you really, do you really want to term limit Nancy Pelosi? You may think you do. You may hate the devil who's there. Man, are you not going to enjoy the devil who steps in after her? Trust me on that. I know you think I'm nuts. I'm going to say something, and it's going to make you headbutt the radio and drive your car off a bridge. You ready? Fifteen years from now, you'll long for the days where Nancy Pelosi was the head of the Democratic Party. They're going left hard, Really, 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 really hard. And the older, more sane guard, they're the only thing standing in between the crazy communists and you. Think about that. Think about that. You don't like Nancy Pelosi. I don't like Nancy Pelosi. Sometimes, just like Cuomo, sometimes the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Term limits sound good. What we need is the American populace to wake up and vote these scumbags out of office. We need these scumbags to be voted out of office. We don't need more laws. We have plenty of laws. We have, have I don't even know how many laws, plenty of laws. We don't need more laws. We need more voters to wake up figure out exactly what's happening in this country and get engaged. You remember that that's an old saying. We all know what here on the right, what Benjamin Franklin told the lady that that they got done with, with giving us a country lady runs up to Benjamin, Franklin allegedly on the street and says, what have you given us, sir? Like, what is this government? And he said to her, a Republic, if you can keep it, there's the hardest thing in the world to do, is look in the mirror, isn't it? Look, maybe maybe you're great with it. I'm not. When something goes wrong, when I blatantly screw something up, my first reaction, even if I don't act on it, even if I don't lash out at someone about it, my first reaction, look around for who to point a finger at. But there's something you and I, we have to accept. We have to accept it about where we are as a nation because if we don't accept it, if we don't accept what I'm about to tell you, then we'll never be able to fix it. You want to know what that is? I'll tell you in a second. First and foremost, you need to protect yourself and your family. And I'm actually not talking to you about a weapon right now. I'm talking about your finances. You work very hard for your money, whether you have a dollar or ...or a million dollars. You work hard for it. You earned it. That's your labor. Your blood, sweat, and tears. Don't let these scumbag politicians destroy the value of what you've worked hard for. They don't just have to tax that money. They can keep doing what they're doing and destroy the value of that money. Call Oxford Gold Group today. Make sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, if the worst continues to happen with this inflation stuff you have something that has value at all time. Oxford Gold Group will do that for you. 833-995-GOLD That's 833-995-GOLD They're not going to give you a piece of paper saying you own gold. Real gold delivered to your doorstep. Make sure you tell them Jesse told you to call. They will take extra care of you. 833-995-GOLD For gold, you can hold. Missed out. Catch up?
2: jessekellyshow.com
5: It is the Jesse Kelly Show. There's something you and I have to accept. There's something you and I have to accept. And it hurts. And I hate even saying it because I know you're going to get mad. And I get mad saying it. This disastrous government we have. I mean, all of it. It's our fault. Doesn't that hurt? Now, I'm not pointing at you individually. No, I don't think there's a great chance you went and voted for Joe Biden, AOC, uh, Corey Bush, Chuck Schumer, any of the normal scum eggs. No, I'm not pointing at you individually. But you and I, we aren't just individuals, right? We are citizens. We are citizens of a nation. And our nation as a whole, we choose these people. You can get mad about things, and I get mad all the time about what? About things like uh, spending. You get mad about spending this out-of-control debt, and I know you don't care about the debt. Nobody does but me. But you don't care about the debt, but you get mad about the debt and the spending, and I can't believe how much they're spending in the infrastructure bill, and this is crazy and all these. When's the last time you demanded the person running for office cut spending? The reason every one of these scumbags goes to Washington, D.C., and increases spending is because their constituents want them to. I remember, I remember back when I was running for Congress. I'll never forget it. It was, it was a hard lesson for me. I was young, a bit of an idealist. Am I still an idealist, Chris? Is that am I an idealist? I am a little, I guess. I don't know. I was young and an extreme idealist then, right? And so I'm running, and this was the year, this was the Tea Party time, right? Obama's spending too much money. We got to cut spending, cut spending now. And I was rabid about it because I've always been so worried about the debt. And I would show up, at, and I don't mean one, several Republican meetings, several of this uh, Republican women's meeting and this Republican precinct here and this Republican thing here. And I would show up at these things and I would have people say, Hey, you might win. When you win, are you not going to send any money back here, back to our district? And I would—I I remember it used to baffle me in the beginning. I would say, I'm sorry, what do you mean send money? And they would say, well, they have these huge spending bills. They're going to pass them anyway. You aren't going to try and get us anything? You're not going to try and get a new road here or a new power plant here or new that? You're going to go there and not get us anything? I would like something. We're responsible for what we have. We are. We're responsible for it as a whole, as a nation, not you personally. And that's hard. No one likes that. No one likes to look in the mirror and see a little extra beer belly hanging over and say, man, gosh, that is my fault. I have been lazy. I've been eating too much, drinking too much, not working out enough. I am a disgusting, fat piece of garbage, and I've got to go to the gym. No one likes that. What do you do? What do you do? The first thing, when you look in the mirror and you see you've gotten a little fat. It's happened to all of us, don't lie. You see you've gotten a little fat. What do you do? I'll tell you. I do it. Oh, man. Well, gosh, work. Gosh, it's just been it's, all this time at work. I I basically haven't had a choice. I mean, I had I, it's been the stress of work. and You know, the wife, is she's been so busy lately, she won't make a home-cooked meal anymore, so I had no... I find a million and one people, a million and one people to point a finger at. Ah, that's that person's fault. That's that person's fault. I know right away. I know right away. 100% my fault. In general, your problems are your fault. And in general, you're the last one you're going to blame for. them. Doesn't mean you're bad. Doesn't mean I'm bad. I mean, I am, but that doesn't apply. It means we're human. It's human nature. It's a bitter, bitter pill to swallow to look at the landscape of the American population, to look at the landscape of, of every civilian in this country and then look at the disgusting, corrupt, idiotic nature of our government and then turn back to all those citizens and say, oh my gosh, look what we did. We did this. No one likes that. But it's true. Back to my point, just... Just I made just a brief moment ago about Nancy Pelosi. Remember how I said you want her there? You want her there because what's coming is bad. Corey Bush is still calling to defund the police. Wrap your mind around that. Now, you may not know who Corey Bush is. She's one of the radical young Congresswomen. Absolute nut job. And you and I can point at Corey Bush. And we can laugh and say, who is this idiot nut job? I can't believe this woman. I, this, this lady's crazy. This lady's completely nuts. This, this, there's no way these policies are going to ever, they're never gonna going to catch on, right? Cori Bush is never going to hold any real power. Cori Bush is 45 years old. Chris, how old's Nancy Pelosi? 80, I believe? Is that number 80? Look that up for me real quick. Cori Bush is 45 years old, Nancy Pelosi's ancient, who do you think the party belongs to? Nancy Pelosi's 81, Chris said. Nancy Pelosi is going to die while Cory Bush is still in Congress. I'm not cheering for that. Obviously, I don't root for anyone to die, but that's a biological fact. Father Time is undefeated. Nancy Pelosi will be farting dust, and Cori Bush will still be there creating legislation. You can mock that nutter right now for all the defund the police stuff. It's the young Democrats who are pushing the most radical things. It's not like it's all the older ones who are out there saying it. Remember Nancy Pelosi? People forget this. Nancy Pelosi? She didn't want to impeach Donald Trump. You may not remember that. You you probably only remember her having to be the voice of impeaching Trump because she had to go out there and act like it was something they had no choice and we have to impeach Trump and we're gonna impeach Trump and we have no Nancy Pelosi behind the scenes. Maybe you don't even know about this. I do. Nancy Pelosi behind the scenes fought off impeaching Trump for two years. That's why it took two years for them to impeach him the first time. People like AOC, Ilhan Omar, Omar, the radical nutjob leftists, they were trying to impeach Trump basically from day one. And those miserable old Democrats like Nancy Pelosi held them off. And eventually, they got so rabid and their caucus got so big. Remember, it's a big caucus measuring contest. The caucus of the nutters got so big, Nancy Pelosi couldn't hold them off anymore and still maintain her speakership. That's why Donald Trump got impeached. You think, you think things are about to get better because we're shedding dead weight. You think it's better because Andrew Cuomo's gone. It's not. You need to hear me here. It's not. It's not about to get better. It's getting worse. The next generation is worse. That's why I caution you against term limits. That's why I caution you against thinking these things. Thinking the this individual or that individual, if we could just get rid of them, if we could just just dump this, then we'll be fine. The truth is that's not generally the case. It's not generally the case at all. Now, I have something we you and I need to talk about. We need to have a heart to heart about one more thing about what happened at Cuomo. I'll tell you in a second. <laughs> It's the Jesse Kelly Show. Can we stop playing Van Halen, Chris? How many times have we had this talk on the show? I don't understand why everyone loves it. It's terrible. All right. All right. Let's focus for a moment. Yeah, look, I am a little snappy at the moment. Full disclosure, before we get to the Cuomo stuff and why I feel like I would be able to do something that you don't think I should do, let's clarify. I, as you know, have many, many, many faults. One or two. I have many, many, many faults. One of them, though, that is absolutely not my fault is I get really, really, really mad and in a terrible mood when my blood sugar gets too low. Now, they call this, I think they call it hangry now. Snickers actually ran a great advertising campaign with it. Chris, you know what? While we're doing this, look up that one they did with Joe Pesci. That Snickers Joe Pesci ad was hilarious. Where where somebody would just turn into a terrible person? The it's the you're not you when you're hungry thing. Whatever, whatever person you know that turns bad when they when they get hungry, I'm ten times as bad. And I wish it wouldn't happen to me. I feel bad about it, but it happens to me a lot. Yes, Chris, play the ad.
4: What are you looking at? It? I'm not looking at it. We're not good enough
5: for you. You look for something else? No, I don't know.
4: What do you, that
2: big that? supermodels? Oh, Jesus,
4: us? Supermodels? Oh what do you Brad? model gloves? What are you doing? A
5: girl's totally into me.
2: Brad, eat a Snickers. Why? Because you get a little angry when you're hungry. <laughs>
5: <Better>? <laughs> what do you, model gloves? <laughs> oh, sorry, that's immature. I get twice as bad. When I, My wife will see it now. And and, and Schultz, tell me, can you go eat something, please? And I'll know. I'll know. I call it the darkness. Everyone I know calls it the darkness. It washes over me because, you know, as you can probably tell, I enjoy life quite a bit. I like to laugh and have fun and joke. And I'll just become this terrible human being. When I used to be on the campaign, this is so embarrassing because it makes me sound like the worst human being in the world. And I really do feel bad about it. When I was on the campaign, when I was back when I was running for Congress, sometimes you don't have time to eat. And one thing, for, you know how I've been encouraging you to run for office? Here's a little tidbit, here's a little helpful tidbit for all of you thinking about running for office. You're going to show up at events. You're going to show up at food events, undoubtedly. Everybody has a pancake breakfast or a Republican women's dinner or something like that where you will go, because you should, and go campaign there. Here's a campaign tip I was given, and it's 100% true. Don't ever, 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 ever plan on eating at actually one of these events. One, the food is mass-made garbage, and you cannot make food en masse And have it good. That's why wedding food sucks. We'll get back to that in a moment. You must eat beforehand. You must eat in between events. Well, oftentimes when you're running, you don't have time. My staff would see the dark. I didn't even have to say anything. They would see it wash over my face, and they carried around like granola bars and stuff like that for me. (laughs) I don't need much. Just like a glass of juice or something. I just need some sugar in there, and I'll be fine. And right when we were finishing up that last segment... I could feel it. As soon as it was done, I was so mad. And we go to break and I look at Chris and I go, oh man, I'll be right back. I got to go get something. And i went to go grab some M&Ms out of the vending machine. <laughs> so we're fine now. Don't worry. It's, it's all good. Before I get back to the Cuomo thing, I realized I'm a bit sidetracked at the moment. Wedding food sucks. I just brought that up. Before we get any pushback. Yes, your wedding food sucked, too. No, everyone said they loved it. They all lied to you. Every one of them. Mass-made food sucks. It's why buffet food is terrible. It's why wedding food is terrible. It's why, you know how I gave you my famous cheeseburger recipe last night? One one thing I did leave out? I make my burgers one at a time. I don't care how many people I have over. I've ma- I've had to make these things for for tables of eight before. One at a time. You can eat one at a time. Because each thing deserves your individual attention. Now, back to Cuomo. I mentioned this earlier in the show. I just want to mention it again for you. Cuomo, there are a lot of lessons you can take from Cuomo going down, right? A lot of them. Uh, One of the main ones is you probably shouldn't touch women, like, ever. Don't rub them or grab them. Just kind of leave them be. I mean, Don't get me wrong. If she asked you to, go ahead. But just just kind of leave them be, especially women who work for you. That's lesson number one. But lesson number two, and we all need to take this to heart because some people don't or they think it doesn't apply to them. Lesson number two is treat the people around you, everyone around you, treat them with respect. Undoubtedly throughout this life you're going to run into people you absolutely could treat garbage you could treat them like garbage that, that's that's part of human nature look maybe you're going through it now I know we have a lot of kids that listen to the show but there's there's some obnoxious smelly kid in your school maybe he's a dork maybe he's a maybe he's a huge nerd maybe he stinks. Maybe he's this, maybe he's that, and you and all your friends could 100% get away with just making fun of that kid or dumping on him. Don't do it. Don't do it. Not just because it's the right thing to do. Let's set that aside. Don't look to me for moral guidance. Make it a habit now. No matter your age, make it a habit now to treat every single person you encounter with respect. Why? Well... Again, let's set aside the right and wrong thing. Obviously, it's the right thing to do. Treat every single person you meet with respect because when you do that, you don't know you're doing it, but what you're doing is you're creating a safety net for yourself, a safety net, because one day, one day, inevitably, you are going to fall. You're going to find yourself in a pickle. Maybe it'll be of your own doing. Maybe it won't. You're going to lose your job. Your wife, your husband's going to run out on you. You're going to go bankrupt. You're going to get a DUI. You're going to have fill-in-the-blank thing happen to you. Like I said, your fault or not. That's life. I'm not wishing it, and I hope none of that ever happens to you, by the way. But that's life. Life throws you curveballs. Life ain't all, all sunny. If you've spent a lifetime treating the people around you well, you're going to find yourself a lot less low. Is that a great way to put that? A lot less low than you would have been if you're Andrew Cuomo or that type of person. You see, Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo has spent a lifetime treating everyone around him like crap. Everybody. He's famous for it. He's been famous for it forever. Treats everyone like crap. I don't just mean secretaries, fellow politicians, waitresses, total strangers he meets. Andrew Cuomo is famous for treating people like crap. How'd that work out for him when the storm finally came? Wham! He gets hit with a bunch of sexual harassment allegations. Some look really bad. Some don't look that bad at all. But guess what? There were a whole lot of people waiting to give Andrew Cuomo a shove off that balance beam the second it looked like he was teetering a little bit. Why? Because he didn't have a safety net. He had a bunch of people dying for the moment where they could take him down. And they seized the moment. They seized the moment. Now, enough of that Cuomo stuff for now. Coronavirus. Let's have a talk about coronavirus and trust in institutions and what we have and what we don't have and what we lost here in the United States of America and what we lost recently. You see, that's part of the problem we're facing right now is things have changed and they've changed so recently. We're not adjusting. What do I mean? I'll tell you in a moment. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah.
2: The Jesse Kelly Show.
5: It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I don't know how often we need to play the song about meth, Chris. I don't Look, I don't, I don't know how often we need to play the song about meth. It's, it's a... Anyway, play this again from Cuomo real quick before I talk about coronavirus and trust and in institutions. Play this one more time. I love this part.
1: I thought a hug and putting my arm around a staff person while taking a picture was friendly, but she found it to be too forward. I kissed a woman on the cheek at a wedding, and I thought I was being nice, but she felt that it was too aggressive. Now, I don't recall doing it, but if she said I did it, I believe her. In my mind, I've never crossed the line with anyone. But I didn't realize the extent to which the line has been redrawn. (laughs) Was it wrong? Are you not allowed to slap
5: a woman on the rear end anymore? If I had known, if someone had told me, it reminds me of that Seinfeld thing (laughs) where he gets busted with the maid at work and the boss calls him in. He says, what are you doing with the maid? And he says, what was that wrong? If I had known that kind of thing was frowned upon. <laughs> All right, let's set it. All right, enough Come on, I'm almost stuff for a sec. I saw this headline from the Guardian, and it, it, it hit me for a reason I'll get to in a moment. The headline was, Austin, they're talking about Austin, Texas, warns of catastrophe as Texas, again, becomes the center of the pandemic. Here's my question to you. What if they're right? What if Austin is on the cusp of a catastrophe, and the hospitals are overwhelmed, and this is about to be the end? And what if they're right? Only no one believes them anymore. You see what's happened, and this happened over the last year and a half, year and a half. I understand this has been this total disaster of our system right now. It's been years in the making, but the distrust in the system. This is really a very, very recent thing. If the news came out tomorrow, pick your news organization. If uh, NBC News, I believe that's the oldest network. I may have that wrong. But if NBC News came out tomorrow night and they announced there is a plague that has just descended upon uh, pick a city, Los Angeles, this plague is making its way east. And it's slaughtering people by the million. I got to be honest. I wouldn't believe them. Even if they showed pictures and video, I would say those are probably fake. Is that a healthy place to be for a nation? Is it a healthy place to be when we don't believe anything anymore? This coronavirus escapade has caused more damage than I can possibly count. More damage than can ever be calculated. And I'm not just talking about financial damage. I'm not just talking about the mental health damage. You've heard me rant about that a thousand times. Kids out there wearing masks. Gosh. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the damage to our institutions and the institutional trust that must exist for a nation to continue. We have had this discussion before. Let's have it again. You and I, as citizens, we have a contract with our nation. Every citizen does in every nation. It's part of how it works. It's part of the deal. It's part of human nature. You're a citizen. What do you agree? Well, as a citizen, I'm going to follow the rules, mostly. I'm going to follow the laws. I'll pay my taxes. I'll, I'll drive between the lines on the highway. I'm going to do the things a citizen does. That's what I'll do. But again, it's a contract. You, the nation, you, the state, you're going to do some things too. You're going to provide me with leadership when bad things happen because bad things always happen. You're going to provide me with accurate information. You're going to provide me with certain levels of protection. You're not going to abuse me in any way. If the contract gets breached by one of those two parties, then we have a big problem on our hands. The system has spent the last, well, I say year and a half. Honestly, it started really, really badly when Trump was elected. The system has spent the last years violating your trust and violating your trust and breaching that contract and breaching that contract. And now, now what you're getting is citizens who feel as if the contract has been breached And they don't have to take part in the social contract anymore. They feel as if they are now released from the terms of that deal. You are going to see more and more lawlessness from the rights in the future. It is inevitable. You could call it good. You can call it bad. I don't care what you call it. But I can't tell you how many really, really normal people I hear saying really, really out there things these days. People who've been normal forever, who are being radicalized by the day. Austin warning of a catastrophe. If I were to take this article right here from The Guardian, a catastrophe, and I were to send it, I'm tempted to do it right now on the air, to 20 people I know, 20 people I know on the right, I actually should do this, and I should read you their responses as they come back in. If I were to send right now article there's a catastrophe in Austin with coronavirus 19 of my 20 friends would say oh yeah right oh, that's a lie oh, they're probably lying about that too oh what do they want to do now let's see what they're lying about now I don't, i'm sorry i don't believe them now that's a fact now, that you could argue that's where we should be as a country. You should, you should maintain that level, some level of distrust now constantly because everything you see is a lie. But that's still not a healthy place for a nation to be. It's not healthy at all. At all. We talked briefly about it last night. It wasn't a major story. But did you see what happened on CNN with the young mother and the three kids And the sad, sad stories. Did you see what CNN did? This, honestly, this is probably the best example right now in the world of why the responses to that text I sent would be what they are. You remember this from last night? If you don't, I'm going to go over it real quickly and I'll tell you why it just perfectly summarizes where we are as a nation. Hang on.
1: Riders on the Storm
4: Hi, retro fans. Are we going with that? I think we
3: are. Okay, hi. It's your favorite Throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett
4: and Susie Bannacarum,
3: here to share that there's more in retrospect coming. Susie and I have put together a whole new collection of episodes about the pop culture moments we all love and love to pick apart.
4: We'll dive into the nuance behind real life controversies like the dramatic dethroning of the first Black Miss America.
3: We'll also explore the real world impacts of the fictional characters we all grew up on.
4: From four Kaftan-loving Golden Girls to one wildly demanding boss and even a cringeworthy group of teenage virgins and one hot mom.
3: There are many more topics, moments, people, and things that shaped us and the way we think.
4: We've got all that and a whole lot more on the new season of In Retrospect.
3: Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite
2: shows. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him.
5: It is the Jesse Kelly show final hour. Remember this before I get to this CNN story and that sweet helicopter thing we just watched during the break. Before I get to any of that, the whole show is available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. If you missed any part of it on iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a review discussing how handsome I am. It's, it's extremely important for the future of the show. Listen to your showgun. <laughs> all right. Before I get to this CNN story, I do have to address the helicopter thing I was just talking about. We are downtown Houston. Now, they have been us another studio somewhere. It doesn't matter. You don't care. But right now, we're in uh, a skyscraper in downtown Houston. And so we're surrounded by all these other skyscrapers. And we just saw this helo, this sweet, private helicopter that looks decked out to the max fly right over top of us and set down on top of somebody's I'm assuming that's either an office building or someone's apartment penthouse Sets it down on top of another skyscraper, and that's just a reminder to you and I on how the other half lives. <laughs> if if you and I travel, what are we doing? Let's say let's say you and I we're taking off tomorrow. Where are we going? We're flying to uh, Chicago to eat at Red Lobster. Let's say we're taking off at eight a.m. tomorrow morning. Okay, airport's probably at least a half hour, forty-five minutes from your house. You need to be at the airport an hour, hour, hour and a half early. Chris says two. Yeah, with these lines now, sometimes two. Let's be nice though. Let's say let's say an hour and a half early. It's going to be at 6.30. Okay, so you have to walk out your door by 5.45 or 6 at the latest. You wake up at 5 a.m., get showered, finished, grabbing your bags, kiss the old lady goodbye, get in your car, drive to the airport. When you get to the airport, you'll be battling some construction because when isn't the airport battling construction? Take a little extra time to park. You finally find a space where you you pull your car in and you just know you're going to come back to an extra ding on your door because everyone dings the car doors in the airport. You then go through the parking garage and you take the smelly elevator that smells like vomit down to the walkway where you'll walk through And then stand in line for security for 45 minutes where you completely disrobe before you get the Joe Biden treatment by TSA as you walk through the place. Once you're finally through there, you'll have about four or five food options to choose from that you'll have time for. And you'll overpay. You'll overpay for it. And then you'll have to put your mask back on as you walk through the airport, stand at your gate And wait for your flight to get there. Your flight will get there. Late, of course. And then as soon as you board the plane, once everyone gets off and they claim they cleaned it, which they didn't do, you'll sit down on the plane and somehow sit on a candy bar wrapper on the plane that was just cleaned before they come on the announcement and announce that there's a little weather overhead, there's a technical problem, whatever they announce will be another 20 minutes You're now stressing because you're going to miss your connection. We're going to miss our connection with Chicago. You see where I'm going here? And then there's how other people live. And I know dudes who live like this. I need to become closer friends with those guys, Chris. I know other dudes who live like this. They're going to Chicago too, of course, to eat red lobster or something like that. They're going to wake up. Well, whenever they feel like waking up, we'll get to why in a moment. When they do wake up, the driver will be sitting out in front. They'll walk up to their front door, open it up, and set their bag out the front door and then go back inside for another cup of coffee. Driver will, of course, run up to the front door and grab that bag and place it in the uh, nice town car or limousine that's waiting for them. Then whenever they're good and ready, they'll saunter out to their limousine or black car and hop in it for a nice leisurely ride to the airport. Now, he didn't have to go back in for the cup of coffee because the driver has either a cocktail or his favorite type of coffee waiting for him in the vehicle. He'll sit back, air is perfect temperature. He's driving to the airport. But why isn't he in a hurry? He has a flight time, right? No, he doesn't have a flight time because it's a private plane. And he's not going to Houston Airport or O'Hare or any one of the other airports. He's flying. He's driving to a private airfield. Once he arrives at the private airfield, he's not going to park in the parking lot and haul his bags in and yell at the kids to hurry up. The driver you see, he's going to drive right into the airfield and he's going to drive right up to the plane. You'll still be sitting in the back, sipping on your coffee, reading your morning paper while the driver and the crew of the plane remove your luggage from the back and place it on your private jet. You then get out and stretch your legs. Morning, Bob. We're going to have a good flight today, heading up to Chicago. And then as you walk onto the plane, you decide, oh, you know, (sighs) the wife only made me one egg this morning. She's worried about my cholesterol, Bob. Hang on a second. We're not leaving yet. And you're going to walk back into the airport and you're just going to get on your phone and you're going to order some food delivered to you. Double cheeseburger, fries, nachos. Wait till those get there, grab them or have someone grab them for you and then walk up to the private plane. Bob, we can go now. And you're going to go back and sit down in your chair and Bob's going to take off as soon as you're ready. And when you get to Chicago, There's going to be a private helo waiting for you to pick you up from the airport and fly you downtown to wherever you want to go. (laughs) How miserable are you right now? It's just, it's amazing. That's how other people live. Now look, if I, if I may say, because I have friends in all walks of life, obviously, because I've been in all walks of life. Those people are more miserable than you are for the most part. Chris is raising his hand. He's like, why? How's that possible? Buddy, Understand this. Money and success, they, I mean, there's a million sayings about this. They really do not equal happiness. They do not. People think they do. They equal access is what they equal to. You have access to a private plane and a helo and a private car and a bigger house and a nice pool. And, and you have access to better health care and better vacations and better this and better that. It does not equal contentment at all. I have told you this story before. I'm just going to briefly tell it again. I was hanging out with a millionaire one night. Actually, a couple of buddies of mine who were doing really well, all small business guys, they'd started their own businesses and whatnot. And we were all hanging out. We were just having some bourbons on his back porch. Uh, it was actually not in Houston. It was in Dallas. We were having, having a couple of bourbons on his back porch and we had a moment. I forget who started it. It might've been me of, Hey, you know, let's just, uh, that's that's thank God for our blessings, huh? How how great is life? Life is good. No, we're not wealthy men, but my, our families aren't hungry, right? I mean, my kids eat now. It's, it's, it's fine. And there was one guy standing there, and one guy didn't want to cheers. And we're like, hey, what's wrong? What's your problem? He said, I don't know what you're cheersing for. Not happy. And I said, buddy, you you made like $6 million last year. What do you mean you're not happy? Well, I'm not going to be happy until I'm a billionaire. These people are miserable. They're miserable. You, you with your family of four, making 80 grand a year, suburbs, 10-year-old car, you're happy because you appreciate it. Trust me on this. You think I'm lying. I'm not lying. Now, back to the CNN story. I don't know how I got sidetracked with that. I know you hate CNN. How can you not hate CNN? It's a disgusting, wretched, communist propaganda network now that has told more lies and poured more poison into the society than any other entity I can think of. I haven't forgotten. Everyone else has. I haven't forgotten. And actually, I think today is the seventh anniversary of it. You remember when Michael Brown in, uh, oh, what is the name of that? T- Michael Brown in, it's in Missouri, the place in Missouri that burned down. I don't know why I can't think of the name now. When Michael Brown assaulted a police officer and then was shot, he was shot. Police officer shoots and kills him. And immediately a story w- got put out there that he had his hands up and he was trying to give up before he got murdered. Obama's DOJ even investigated that and found out that wasn't true at all. He was assaulting the cop. CNN spread the lie and bur- Ferguson, Ferguson, Missouri. CNN burned that town down by spreading that lie. Well, they did something else, and it's even worse. Hang on. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It was 1989. It is The Jesse Kelly Show, and it has been a wild night. Of course, the big news is the Cuomo stuff. In case you missed my take on it, I'll get back to that in just a moment. But CNN, I I talked about it briefly yesterday. They ran a story about this young mother, this young, poverty-stricken mother who can't get by. And she has these three kids. And they ran a headline story for her. Of course, immediately the GoFundMe goes up. Girl raises 230 Gs. It's the babysitter. (laughs) It's not even the mother at all. It's the babysitter. And the the reason it's so bad that these things keep happening is you don't believe anything anymore. And you shouldn't. It is all a lie. Every single thing you see is a lie. None of what you see is real anymore. None of it. I mean, they're pressing hard right now on the climate change stuff again. Scientists are saying we only have so much time. Left. We've already crossed the threshold any moment now. the world The world will just go up in a ball of flames, and you're supposed to buy all this now. But you don't buy any of it anymore, right? And you shouldn't. You shouldn't. How many times do you have to be lied to? How many times? 15 days to slow the spread. Remember that? Just 15 days. And I don't know about you, but I'm starting to see it a lot more in the news of, oh my gosh. (sighs) Hospitals are being overwhelmed. It's starting to hit the headlines again. Have you heard? These hospitals are out of beds. Hospitals are being overwhelmed. The hospitals! ah, And what's wild is that might actually be true this time. It could be. I'm not in the hospitals. They could be overwhelmed. Every single time I see that headline, though, I remember a year and a half ago. I remember a year and a half ago being told that I have to carpet bomb my economy and carpet bomb all my freedoms because hospitals are being overwhelmed. And then... The hospitals never got overwhelmed. I mean, Donald Trump, case you don't remember, I think it was the Comfort was the name of the ship. Donald Trump sent a U.S. Navy medical ship to the port in New York City. Remember the epicenter of where coronavirus was? Sent this huge ship there, and they never saw a patient. I was told repeatedly by the news, The hospitals in New York were being overwhelmed. The hospitals are overwhelmed. Haven't you heard? The hospitals. The hospitals this. But none of them got overwhelmed. So if they're being overwhelmed this time, I'm not going to believe you anyway. I'm not going to believe anything you tell me now. Because I've been lied to time and time and time again. Let's get to some emails. Oh, handsome Jesse. That's how you start an email right there, Chris. The fact that you made, quote, fingering the buns a very important step in your burger grocery shopping experience makes me so proud. My mother taught me to do that, to feel for firm bread because no one's like sad squished bread. I've never, I never see anyone doing, uh, do that when choosing bread. Also only cheese on your burger. If you got to add more than cheese, it's not a good burger. She says, I can say her name. Her name is Melanie. Daggone right. And what Chris? Chris says, not a caramelized onion. Okay. All right. Full disclosure here. If you missed what I'm talking about, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, last night we had Megan Kelly on the show. If you missed it, you can catch a podcast. Megan Kelly made a reference during the interview to my world famous cheeseburgers. When I told you they were world famous, did you think I was kidding? I had the best burgers in the world. After she got off the show, it was in the final hour, Chris? Second hour? Final hour? It was the final hour, Chris says. I don't remember. I don't remember anything. In the final hour of the show, I gave out my world-famous burger recipe step-by-step. I laid it all out for you last night. That's what this lady's talking about. Go and enjoy. Go and enjoy the greatest burgers in the world. You can catch it on the podcast. All-seeing Oracle, I never ever say George Soros is good for nothing when my wife heard your voice. She said, sounds sexy. What's he look like? I know deep in my heart that if she sees a photo of you, she'll never look at me the same. (laughs) Thinking quick, I asked myself, what would Chris do? I bring up a pic of George Soros. She grimaces and walks out of the room. Turns out Soros is good for something after all. You can use my name. And he said his name is Richard. That is not right. Richard. That is not right now. There is a lady out there who thinks I look like Soros. Look, in all all seriousness, I understand he's old, and father time comes for all of us, right? Father time comes for all of us. We're all going to get old and saggy and soft, and that's okay. It's no big deal. Ladies, remember what I told you. Stop with the surgery on your face. Some lines in your face look fine. You look beautiful. It's fine. It's how God made you. What is with the bags under Soros' eyes? Chris, if you Googled a, an image search of him, these bags, man, I don't, know. I don't know. This one's called steel. I was seven in 1992 and could name all the members of the dream team. My son is, is seven now and couldn't tell you one member of the Olympic team or any other professional athlete. The only sport he has interest in at all is MMA. So what are your thoughts on UFC. I know they mixed it up with the SPN, but I gave up the NFL last year and I need something. All right. One, let's address the UFC thing first and foremost. That's an awesome thing for you to start watching with your kids. Ladies, if you're nervous about it, hear me out. Hear me out because I get a lot of this. Oh, it's too violent. It is not what it used to be. It is not. Yes, they're in there fighting and they're kicking and punching and people get knocked out and stuff like that. But it is. They have changed the rules so much. I mean, you used to be able to punch people in the in the in the jewels, man. You used to be able to do whatever you want. You can't do that anymore. That's one. It's it's okay for your son to watch it, ladies. That's one, two. UFC's run by a bunch of fighters. One, it's run by Dana White, who's been awesome. He's not been one of these woke guys. He was one of the leaders for you. Talk about being more purposeful where you spend your money. You can spend your money with UFC and be proud. Two, have you noticed how many UFC fighters have have come out as right-wingers? Have you noticed that? This is the sport right now. And it's not like I'm getting paid to say that. I have no relationship with anybody at UFC. I've never met Dana White in my life. I don't know anybody there. I'm not encouraging you to do something because it benefits me at all. And this, this hit home for me because I miss sports so much. I miss them. And I don't miss them enough to go back. I'm not going back. I will not fund you dumping on my country. I will not. But, man, I do miss them. I miss grilling up some wings and grabbing some beer, inviting some buddies over, get home from church on Sunday and put your feet up and watch some NFL football, man. I miss it. I do. And I don't think, I don't think those days are ever coming back again. I don't. I want them to come back again. It's, I'd give anything for it, but I don't think they're ever coming back again. I brought this up before, and actually, we're going to have him on the show next week. Jason Whitlock, he's a writer. You probably you almost undoubtedly know who he is. He came on my TV show, and he told me something about why they're never coming back again. I'll tell you what he had to say in just a second. Hang on. where <laughs> the Jesse Kelly show. I'll get back to my Cuomo thoughts in a second. I'm going to repeat them for anybody who missed the very beginning of the show, but I just want to tell you, I had Jason Whitlock on the email was about sports and, and Mrs. Sports and he was asking about the UFC. I have always been under the impression that eventually, eventually the bottom was going to fall out of these sports leagues going hard left and for simple money reasons they were going to have to give up all this crap. I Just look, the the bottom line is this is how media works. All media, this radio show included, it all works this way. You want to get as many ears and or eyeballs, depending if you're talking about TV or radio, you want to get as many eyes on you as humanly possible. Why? Because the more people who are watching your show, listening to your show, the more they're going to purchase things from the people who sponsor your show. The more they purchase things from the people who sponsor your show the more your advertisers are going to want to sponsor on your show remember everything's a business it's a business too it's not a charity thus it you know it's, they're here to make money but if people are not watching and the ratings say they're not watching the NBA and NFL and all these the, the Olympics the people are not watching then those networks those leagues they're not going to be able to go to the advertisers the sponsors, Nike, whatever, pick a a company and charge what they've been charging because Nike's going to come back and say, well, why would I pay you the same thing I was paying you when 25% fewer people are watching it? You should be charging me 25% fewer because I'm going to get less of a return on my investment, right? That's how I always anticipated it would work eventually. Eventually, the money runs out and you have to shut up about all this communist garbage. But Jason Whitlock came on my TV show and completely burst my bubble. Again, I'm going to have him on the radio, I think, Tuesday. I think next – is it confirmed, Chris? Did we confirm him? Oh, nice. It's confirmed. Jason Whitlock next, next Tuesday, so mark that one down. He's going to come on. I'm not going to spoil it. He's going to come on and explain exactly why that's not going to happen. I know. I know, Chris. I know. It's bumming me out, too. Back to the Cuomo thing, what I said in the very beginning of the show. Listen, right now, if you're one of the women he harassed or, you know, one of the women he harassed or you're just it it, it hits home for you. Maybe you've gone through something like that, something awful like that in your life. And you want to kick back on a Tuesday night and raise a raise a glass of wine in celebration that that scumbag is resigning. That's fine. That's totally fine. Be happy. If you're one of the, again, I think he killed 15,000 people or more. Well, those 15,000 people had relatives, and I probably conservatively said 50,000 relatives. If you're one of the 50,000 people who's a relative of someone who died because of Andrew Cuomo's policies, and you wanna raise a glass of bourbon tonight and celebrate the fact that scumbag isn't gonna be governor anymore. Do it, man. Do it. You deserve it. Do it. However, sometimes short-term wins turn into long-term losses. That's simply a fact. You can be happy Andrew Cuomo was gone, and that's fine. I'm I'm glad he's gone too. But you must understand a couple things. One, the, the Democrats in New York they didn't take down Andrew Cuomo because they give a crap about anybody who was harassed at all. You notice You notice they don't say anything about the fact Joe Biden's been caught on camera all over everybody. And these are people who need an adult to ride with them on the rides at Disney World. And nobody has said anything about that. Have you, have you wondered why? It's because these people don't actually care about harassment of any kind. They don't care about harassment of any kind. They don't care about dead people. They don't care about the women who were harassed. They don't care about anyone who died in a nursing home. I mean, remember, communists love killing old people. They're one of the first people to die whenever communists take over because they're not as useful in their eyes to the system. This was a political operation. The communist far-left knives came out for Andrew Cuomo Because Letitia James, who was a radical Marxist nutball, it wants to be the next governor. And she wanted the old guard, the last of the old guard, to be cast aside, clearing the field so she could be governor. Well, she might be governor now. She might end up being governor now. And I bring this up because this is a national push. We talked earlier in the show about Cori Bush. You remember Joe Biden, the eviction moratorium we were all mad about on the show? Uh, I'm president of the United States, and I decided you can't evict people anymore. Now, I understand this is not really legal, and I certainly understand the courts are almost undoubtedly going to shoot it down, but I did it anyway because I think I can get away with it for long enough before the courts can shoot it down. That is an absolutely stunning thing for the chief executive officer of the United States of America to say, those are amazing words. I'm doing this. It's against the law. I'm doing it. Cause I can get away with it before the courts will come around to it. That's a big thing. So why did he say it? Why? Where did it come from? It came out of nowhere. Corey Bush and AOC. They put enough pressure on the president of the United States of America that he did this. What I'm saying to you is in New York and nationally, we are facing a takeover of the democratic party by people who will invent new ways to show you what radical means. You think they're almost done and their eyes, they haven't even gotten started. You think that this kind of, insane destruction of everything you hold dear is surely coming to an end. Surely they have to stop. They don't look at it that way. Wrap your mind around this. And you have to understand this because you have to understand how these people think. You, a normal American, you're horrified by what you see. You look at what's happening to your culture and your country and you can't believe it you can't believe it's happening you can't believe the speed with which it's happening it's unreal how'd this happen so fast they're tearing everything up you're horrified by the state of your nation right i'm right there with you right it's you and i you must understand though these people this new generation of democrats they look at all this madness all this destruction and they're also disgusted They're disgusted it hasn't gone further. They're disgusted at all the things they haven't managed to ruin yet. That's the seriousness of what we're facing here. Yeah, short-term win, absolutely. It's a great thing, short-term win. In the long term, you're going to wish you had Andrew Cuomo back. That's the truth of it. Even when Joe Biden's gone, Nancy Pelosi's gone, you hate him now. And I'm not telling you not to hate him. You hate him now. Ten years from now, you're going to want him back. Which brings me to the other point I made in the beginning of the show. You know, we like to do things, right? We we, we want to do things. Don't Don't just tell me what's wrong. Tell me what to do. What can I do about it? Everyone knows what's wrong. This is wrong and that's wrong and everything's wrong. Give me something to do. Give me an action item. What can I do about it? Well, if you're worried about what I'm talking about right now, and you should be, there is something you can do about it. You're not completely helpless. Can you completely win back this culture? Of course not. Nobody has that power, but there is something you can do. And I'll tell you what that is in just a second. First and foremost, I have a deal for you. I tell you about all the MyPillow deals, right? And I'm sure you saw Mike Lindell out there today, again, fighting for us, taking it on the chin on our behalf. Talk about being more purposeful with where you spend your money. This is a company where you need to spend your money. And it's the best products out there. We have a sale of the year. Sale of the year. How many times have I come on here and told you about the world's best cotton? Giza? MyPillow has Giza Dream Sheets. It's the only thing my wife and I will sleep in. Giza Dream Sheets. Right now, 50% off with the promo code JESSE. 50% off. If you go to MyPillow.com and you click on the radio listener specials, you can get Giza Dream Sheets as low as $49.99. That's insane. I've never seen a sale like this. But... For a limited time only, go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, and enter the promo code Jesse. And you know what? Why don't you and I tonight also say a prayer for Mike Lindell while he's taking all the arrows? What a great man and a great company. Let's go support him. Mypillow.com, get your Giza, Giza dream sheets. Promo code Jesse.
2: This is the Jesse Kelly Show. <laughs>
5: It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We are on our final segment here, and there's something for us to do, right? We have an action item. If you're worried about the direction of the country, the direction of the Democratic Party, here's what you and I have to do. And this is going to be frustrating. You're not going to see instant results from it. I promise you that. Nevertheless, it is necessary. You ready? You have a family member or a relative, or a family member or relative. You have a friend or a family member who still votes Democrat all the time. I'm not talking about your young socialist college brother. I don't care about him. I'm talking about your older relatives. Maybe it's an uncle, grandma, maybe it's your dad, whatever the case may be. You have an older Democrat. That's fine. That's totally fine. You have to do something. You have to understand when they started voting Democrat, because people generally don't change their habits as they grow. When they started voting Democrat, the Democratic Party was way different than it is now. That's one. You must get that, okay? There are so many older Democrats out there that were, well, they thought the Democrat Party was the party of the working class or my daddy was a steel worker or something like that, okay? That's fine. You, you must start calmly, and I can't stress this enough, calmly working on your friend or family member, your older one who still votes Democrat all the time. You must start working on them, explaining to them what they're voting for now. They don't know. You, you're a human being who listens to talk radio. This is, not, uh, this is not me doing that thing where people kiss up to the audience. You're smarter than everyone else. No, but we have all the numbers in. We, we always get numbers. They're always checking this and checking that. Listeners of talk radio are without question the most informed voters out there on every issue. That You just are. There's something about the medium. So you're someone who seeks out information. Good, good. We need you. Fine. They're not. They don't know. They don't have any idea about how insane the Democratic Party has gotten. They don't know. And they're never going to know until you tell them. Now, let me stress this. That's still your grandpa. That's still your aunt. That's your mom or your dad. And I know you're passionate. I know you care. Don't ruin your relationship by doing what I'm telling you to do. I'd feel terrible. Don't ruin your relationship. But you must start calmly explaining to them why they simply cannot go in and vote for the Democrat Party anymore. You don't have to sell it as being pro-Republican. I'm not pro-Republican. As you know, I trash Republicans all the time. You don't have to do that. But you must let them know you must let them know what they're voting for. They don't know. They don't know. They don't listen like you listen. They don't know about the latest headlines. And if they do, if they hear about uh, defund the police, which is not something any older Democrat would support ever. If they hear it, they'll convince themselves of this. that Wow, that's one guy. That's a one off. Okay, so Corey Bush said it. That's not a big deal. When you're bringing these arguments to them, bring information as well. They're not young, crazy college socialists who won't be receptive to information. Say, Mom, Dad, no, you don't understand. This person supports it. Joe Biden is behind it. This is behind it. This is be-. Bring information. It is critical, critical for the future of this country that older Democrats who still think it's the party of JFK, or even Bill Clinton, it is critical for these people to wake up and realize, oh, oh, something happened to this party and this is nothing like what I've ever known. They don't know. And they're never going to know until you tell them. All right? So, again, I just I want to stress that your mom, that's your uncle, your grandpa, whatever the case may be, Don't ruin a relationship with your older relative over politics, but we must start changing these people's minds. Joe Biden is not president of the United States without all those older Democrats strolling in thinking they're "Uh, Herb. He he's, he's like Truman, isn't he? No, he's not. Those days are gone. The young nutball radicals have taken over this party. If your older Democrat relatives don't know, then they can't do anything about it and can't change anything. And one last thing on this. Don't get frustrated. It's not going to work the first time you bring this to them. It might not work the 10th time. It might not work the 20th time. It might not ever work. People get set in their ways. You do. I do. It's fine. I'm never going to stop eating at Red Lobster, as you know. People get set in their ways. What, Chris? You got to try it once. Anyway. They get set in their ways. It's worth a fight. All right? All right. Let's get to a couple of emails before we wrap things up here. <clears throat> I'm only going to say you're handsome because you are being a straight male. That hurt. But I know how much you like to be praised on your looks, you sociopathic butthole. <laughs> if Greg Abbott had any, I don't think I can say that. You know what he's saying. He would investigate the misuse of campaign funds. For the beeping idiots that left D.C. rather than show up for the special session. You being a Texas transplant should want to know where the money is going to. Stay true. And it was hard writing an email like that because you're not my friend, but just another radio personality. Yes, I can use some names. His name is Jason. Look, Jason, you're not wrong. The problem is these Democrats that took off, Abbott didn't even arrest them when they came back. Some judge issued an order saying he couldn't, and Greg Abbott complied. Democrats don't comply with any of those orders. They just go do whatever anyway and dare you to stop them. But we don't. We're the ultimate compliance party. Okay, I can't. I mean, it's, it's what the judge said. I can't violate anything the judge said. I mean, I want to be a good guy. I've got to be a statesman after all. That's what we get. That's why we lose. That's why we always lose. All right. If you missed any part of the show, the whole thing's on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Remember, if you missed my burger recipe from last night, that's on there as well. That's from yesterday. What, Chris? All right. That's all.
0: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.